So let's dive right into it with something that is going to make your mouth water. Chef Jonathan Kung's culinary talent was a bit of a secret here in Detroit until about a year ago. Like many chefs in the region, Kung had to reevaluate his passion in the aftermath of COVID-19. Before the pandemic, Kung had prepared multiple course meals for word of mouth pop-up dinner parties in Eastern Market and elsewhere in the city. When COVID hit, Kung turned to social media's latest trend for viral content. That's right, TikTok. Through the platform, he merged two of his passions, food and anime. Kung began translating the look and personality of popular anime characters into easy-to-prepare meals that also combined his Chinese heritage with his North American upbringing. But becoming a successful chef wasn't always Kung's goal. Culture Chef's Amanda LeClaire spoke with him about how his culinary journey began and why his TikTok cooking lessons have resonated with this younger audience. Um, I don't think I ever really decided to be a chef. I didn't really start calling myself a chef until other people started calling me chef. So um, it's only pretty recent that I allowed myself to like put that on any kind of title. Uh, on like social media or anything like that. But I started cooking uh, when I was going to law school down here at University of Detroit Mercy. And it seemed to be like the only creative outlet that was like productive enough that I could justify getting away from my studies from to do. It was a hobby of yours that has now developed into a, a profession. Yes, it has, yes. Well, what did you start cooking at first? You know, how did that evolve? Because there wasn't very many, there weren't very many options for uh, Chinese food in the city back then. Um, so I was just cooking things that, you know, trying to recreate recipes and dishes that I remember growing up with when I was with my family, because I lived in both Toronto and Hong Kong before I came to Detroit. Um, so it was, it started off as that. And then I started documenting my progress and findings in the form of a blog. That got some traction in the city itself, and that actually evolved into me doing pop-ups in Detroit, probably around 2008, 2009, maybe. So this has been more than a decade uh, of your growth into the culinary world and the culinary arts. You know, the reason we're talking to you now is because these TikTok videos that you've been producing for about a year now have really been taking off and they're so creative. Uh, they're so much fun to watch. So let's get into what exactly you are doing with them. So take us into this world of, of anime and how your relationship, your interest, your passion uh, for anime has, I guess, merged with your passion for food. Uh, it was really interesting. So it really started off with my desire to like, I guess, intersect my love for art in general with food. I was very inspired back in the day with like the first chef's table show, watching these amazing chefs uh, take inspiration from things like nature and fine art, and then kind of translate that into an experience for dinner. And I was doing, well, I wasn't personally doing it, but I was around people that were doing it already. Um, I cooked for a little letterpress called Salt and Cedar in Eastern Market around the time that I saw those Netflix shows. And I was very inspired by that. But over time, as I was doing my own thing, 
I wanted to do more than just like go the go to the DIA and see like what dishes I could make from the art there. And I found that anime, um, specifically when I started off the films of Hayao Miyazaki, like Spirited Away, Princess Mononoke, Ponyo, and all those, um, they, they had so much, there was so much you can take from there. Not only could you just cook the food that they had in, the, in those movies, because they were animated beautifully, um, but there were so many themes about whether it be about like anything from nature to capitalism to, to like childhood. Uh, there are so many themes that you could take from that. And I found those themes to be really inspiring. And I found anime itself to being such an accessible but such a sophisticated form of art that there was a lot that I can take to, uh, I guess, translate onto a plate, I guess. <laughs> You, previously to starting your TikTok account uh, and doing this project, uh, your culinary life was was a little bit secret. You did a lot of private dinners uh, in Detroit in an Eastern market. Uh, then when COVID hit, of course, everything shuts down. And as you said, you needed an outlet. So you began this TikTok channel of taking characters from popular anime series and Instead of expressing them visually, expressing oh, expressing them visually, but expressing them through through food, which is just such a, I mean, just seems like such a a, a stretch and a large project in creative thinking. Has it increased your, you know, your your skills? You feel has it increased your uh, creative thinking about culinary arts? Oh, absolutely. And uh, when I was doing these secret dinners, I was I was doing that already, and. Detroit being like, Detroit was very, very good to me in how forgiving it had been for like allowing me to stumble through and figure out this process. I basically started out watching these films over and over again, taking notes and like studying characters, starting off something as simple as color schemes and taking those and translating that to a plate. And then I started going by things like attitude. I'd started getting like inspiration, like attitude, likes, dislikes, passions of the character, and then finding like ways to translate that into either flavor or visual aspect, and then bringing that on. And those, the, the Naruto series um, was basically a culmination of that. I started sharing that on TikTok. People responded, very, very well to this thing that I've just had been doing quietly in Detroit for a few years. And that got the attention of the anime distributors themselves who are like, hey, this is really cool. The intersect between anime and food, something that I personally thought was kind of like a no brainer anyway, was something that really resonated with them. And so they gave me these parameters like, hey, can you make, can you do stuff with this show using only supermarket bought ingredients so that it's super accessible for people for our viewers to try making and I love that I was like that that sounds super fun so I spent some time and I was already familiar with that particular series so I that came pretty naturally to me yeah <laughs> let's get into one of the characters the 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 title character Naruto who is a a ninja how did you you take that character and translate his personality, his look into uh, a dish. Well, that one actually, because that character and the characters in this show very famously, that uh, the title character very famously loves ramen. So that one I actually didn't change too much. 
So I just took his favorite type of ramen, which was miso ramen. But then like he liked miso ramen with Japanese tashu, which is like a pork belly, uh, a rolled and uh, cooked pork belly. And I changed that. I, I changed the, the Japanese tashu and it replaced it with Cantonese tashu, which is a Cantonese uh, barbecue pork. And then I sliced it in a way to resemble like, so this character has um, kind of like in an inner spirit that lives with him and it takes the form of a nine-tailed fox. And I was like, the way that I sliced it, I made it look like the tails of the fox and just plated it in a way that, you know, if you had never seen or didn't know what I was talking about when I gave this plate to you, it just kind of looks like a, pr a pretty bowl of ramen. But if you understood where I was coming from, if you were looking for it, if you came in as a fan, you could recognize the little cues that I was giving you through the plating itself. Top with a grilled tomato shotting gun. Here's what you'll need. Ingredients, roast chicken ramen, rotisserie chicken, Szechuan peppercorn oil, Lao Gan Ma chili crisp, one tomato and some nori. And here's how you do it. Take a rotisserie I love that whole other layer to the experience of eating this dish. I'd like to hear about another character. Uh, by the way, uh, folks can find a link to your TikTok at our Twitter page at DET Culture Shift. Uh, tell me about another character from this series, who they are, what, what they're like, and how you visualized them and made them into, into a dish. So the... The third one I think I did was her name is Sakura and she's a little bit of a controversial character in the show. Personally, I like her very, very much. And I really liked her, the growth that she had throughout the whole series. Um, but she's very known for her pink hair. So I wanted to make a broth that was red and pink, reddish or pink as well, as well as dyeing the noodles themselves pink. We focus on Sakura, who y'all really need to get off her back because she did her best and she's great. I don't care what y'all say. To make this recipe at home, you're gonna need some frozen dumplings that you can find at like Trader Joe's or your Chinese grocery store, some preserved chili bamboo shoots, some beets, some soy or spicy sesame flavored ramen, some nori, and finally, if you wanna go all So I took the regular broth, I cook the noodles in with uh, roasted beets. So the beets stain the broth red and the beets stain the noodles a little pink. And then her like inner spirit takes the form of like a white and blue slug. <laughs> and uh, what I did with that is I took some pre-made dumplings uh, from the store and then I cooked those in water well a tea that i had made with water and butterfly pea blossoms and that's butterfly pea blossoms is a very very common thing that i use because it stains things such a beautiful shade of blue blue is a, a color that's hard to pull off as far as savory applications go so like you can you find it a lot in like cakes and sweets but for noodles it's hard so i stained these dumplings blue and then i plated it on top of there so that they looked like those blue little slugs on top of the dish that sounds incredible i'm just trying to i'm trying to wrap my mind around you know these are not characters i'm familiar with but that act of if you are a fan eating the dish and the taste, is that something that comes, you, you think about too, the taste taste that comes out of it, the taste sensation, these different ingredients coming uh, together, being yeah. a... Yes, um, it depends on the dish itself. Some of them where taste does translate through. So for 
a different campaign that we did for like a demon. It's the show is called Demon Slayer, and uh, for one of the dishes, this this character had had a special power that involves the use of both water and fire separately, but together. And so I came up with a curry for him and for the water counterpart, again, using butterfly pea blossoms to turn the water, uh, to turn the rice blue. But then I flavored the rice with like cool, a cooling herb, like I made a cooling rosemary rice. So when you tasted it, it was very fresh and cold. But then for the fire counterpart, I use kind of like a seafood curry that was spiced with um, chilies that you would normally find in mole uh, because it was an unusual power and I wanted to come up with an unusual way to make mole. So the, that kind of juxtaposition between like the, the, cold, uh, the cold sensation of the rice, but still the hotness of the curry that surrounded the rice gave you kind of like both sides of this this person's abilities in both color and flavor. So it's lunchtime for me, and I've <laughs> just been watching a bunch of your videos. I am so hungry right now. <laughs> I'm so hungry. Everything looks so good that you make. Uh, you know, I want to talk about something else. With your TikTok videos and the incredible uh, popularity and growth that you've had with them over the past year, you know, something that uh, you seem to be passionate about as well is, is, is called Third Culture Cuisine. And I'd like you to explain what that is and how that's that's resonating with your audience, especially on TikTok. Third culture cuisine was something that I, I coined. Uh, it's derived from the term third culture kid and uh, people who grew up basically all their lives uh, jumping between one culture and another. So if you come from like an immigrant family or maybe like a mixed race family or a multicultural family, like people who grew up like with a culture that they had to, that they experienced at home, like the culture of their parents say, and then they lived in a place of a different culture completely. So like an immigrant family from say Mexico coming into the States, having kids here, they had a very strong cultural root with the culture at home and then having to, quickly shift to the culture of where they were at the present time. And I've noticed like with the food, with the way that food was trending, especially I think in the early 2000s, Chinese food was starting to get quite popular. People were like curious of things like Sichuan cuisine, Hunanese cuisine. Um, and that, and to me, like, I tried uh, re-exploring Chinese food as a way to get more in touch with my culture. And I came to the realization when I went back that my perceptions of Chinese, what Chinese food was, is different than what it actually is in China. So at that time, I considered myself a chef of Chinese cuisine, but it wasn't really the case. So I had a little bit of an identity crisis. It was like, well, what am I cooking then? And I realized like this was kind of like an amalgamation of what I learned in Western kitchens and coming in from a Chinese home, um, just kind of like mixing and matching and taking things from either side. It's not quite fusion because fusion, I feel like takes a very superficial understanding of one culture and just applies it to another. It ha you have to have like 
that immersion and that complete understanding of both to be able to cook this way. And it doesn't have to be just like Chinese food and American food. It can be pretty much anything like you could be Desi American, Mexican American, like just having that complete immersion and that really intimate understanding of two cultures to create something that is completely different. Just like third culture kids aren't exactly one or the other when it comes to the culture of their parents and, and the culture of their home, but they are something that is a little bit different altogether. And that resonated with my followers because like, as we become more of a multicultural society, there are a lot of these kids that didn't even realize that there was a name for what they are, but they saw my food um, and some of the dishes that I use, that I made, and they're like, oh my God, this pasta and shrimp with like Chinese pickles dish, like this just sounds like me. Like some of the comments were like that, <laughs> had that kind of weight. And I had no idea until I started getting comments like that, that people felt this way. When I make food that focuses on third culture or third culture cuisine, I always said like, I want to be able to make something that tastes a little bit like home to two separate families that did not speak the same language. Incredible interview with Detroit chef Jonathan Kung. His TikTok uh, must see. Definitely check out the culinary stuff that he's doing over there. He makes you incredible food, but the dude also works out on there a lot, but somehow manages not to make me feel bad about my body. He really does it all. <laughs> Jonathan Cug talked with Amanda LeClaire. You can get a link to his TikTok page over at our Twitter page right now, at DET Culture Shifts. And uh, Jonathan Kung's actually partnering with the online anime platform Funimation. Really excited to have him on the show. An honor to, to tell his story, a story that is still being written chapter by chapter. Exciting to see what he is going to do next. You're listening to Culture Shift right now, WDETFM.